Welcome to the HJ Talks About Abuse podcast, the podcast where we talk about sexual abuse cases in the hope that it will assist listeners in openly discussing topics which have been ignored for too long. This podcast is brought to you by the abuse team at Hugh James. We are lawyers, so we tend to speak about the legal aspects of abuse cases, but we aren't too shy to speak up about the broader issues faced by survivors of sexual abuse too. We hope that you find it interesting, but more than that, if you are a survivor of sexual abuse, we hope that you find our discussion empowering. Hello, podcast listeners. My name is Alan Collins. I'm the partner and head of the abuse team at Hugh James, and I'm joined by my colleague, Felina Grosvenor. Hi, Felina. Hi, Alan. Thank you for having me. Thank you for suggesting the subject of this podcast, the Defence Subcommittee on Women in the Armed Forces Report. So, this is a report has been published by the UK Parliament and is about abuse and problems of bullying, sexual harassment, discrimination, bad behaviour experienced by women in the armed forces. Yes? That's exactly right. Yeah. Okay. And perhaps you can give me and our podcast listeners a bit of an introduction as to what this report goes into. Sure. So the report itself is actually titled, for those that may want to look it up, it's called Protecting Those Who Protect Us, Women in the Armed Forces from Recruitment to Civilian Life. So it gathered information from female veterans and currently serving women currently serving in the armed forces. And it was actually really the survey that began this all, this whole report is the basis for it is really the first of its kind. Um, this is because the Ministry of Defence usually has quite strict restrictions regarding service personnel contributing to these types of inquiries. I'm not entirely sure the reasons why, but it's obviously a positive that this time the restrictions were lifted. They had a very good turnout of individuals, and it's quite a detailed report. And basically, the main conclusion is that the UK military have failed to protect female recruits from harassment and bullying and discrimination. And the UK military hasn't assisted these service women from reaching their full potential. Okay, and I'm just looking at some of the the statistics that you have unearthed for this podcast. It says 64% of female veterans and 58% of current serving women in the armed forces have experienced bullying, sexual harassment, and discrimination. That's an astonishing figure. It's huge. It's huge. All of the figures are quite terrifying, considering, you know, how important the UK military is, how often they advertise and promote that they want women to join the armed forces. It's very off-putting. Yes, and another statistic, 62% of those who gave testimony had either witnessed or received unacceptable behaviour. And six in ten women did not report the bullying, harassment and discrimination. And one in three women who did report bullying, harassment and discrimination stated that the experience was extremely poor. So let's look into some of these figures. That, that last figure, I think, is quite a major point in the report, that those who actually do go through the process have just had a terrible terrible time of it that it just hasn't been appropriate who's been dealing with it how it's been progressed it's just the chain of command have not treated these women fairly or appropriately 
I can remember having a case quite recently where the complainant, young woman, she had been subjected, and I don't think it can be disputed because I think there was a court martial which resulted in a conviction with the um, perpetrator, that she had experienced sexual harassment. And the process that she went through was very difficult for her. Her data was breached. Communications were by email and people that she didn't know were CC'd into the email and all that kind of thing. So she felt she was sort of being violated again. You know, she sort of felt that she was being re-traumatized because of the... It's so private to see it into other people. That's astonishing. You know, they didn't have her consent to do that. She didn't know who these people were or why they were involved. You know, that was very, very troubling. And um, I think it was basically a problem of a lack of understanding, a lack of procedure, a lack of a proper sort of chain of command to deal with these sorts of issues. This report, the report sort of completely of... agrees with that and mm. it completely runs with that. It's it, one of its main recommendations is that the Ministry of Defence should completely remove cases of rape and sexual assault from military courts. Um, yeah. and the service justice system, and instead yeah. they should be dealt with with the civilian court system. Mm-hmm. That mm-hmm. chain of command would be entirely removed from any complaints of a sexual nature. Yeah, well, that may, may well be um, one of the answers that's needed, because, you know, another concern is, of course, that the military, Navy, RAF, of course, you know, dealing with things themselves, perhaps it doesn't get the light of day, but it should receive obviously with a civilian court you know there's lots of publicity quite often exposing what the perpetrator has gone and done of course you know publicity is not necessarily always a good thing you know but by and large light being shone onto a problem of this nature can bring about change for the better anyway why is there so much poor behavior what what's going on? Is it a cultural thing? Is it is there any insight in this? I think that is really a million dollar question. The report makes quite good recommendations for the future, but more more towards the Ministry of Defence having an actual appropriate specialised team to handle the complaints. The report more focuses on you know the improvement of processes rather than cause. Mm. Well, these statistics seem to point to me that there being a cultural problem. And we've had lots of cases over the years brought by service personnel who have complained, both female and male, who have complained of bullying, sexual harassment, sexual abuse, discrimination. And often there is a cultural issue. There's, you know, initiation ceremonies, initiation antics and so on, and um, behaviour which probably wouldn't be tolerated. I think it's fair to say a lot of organisations or places where there's a hierarchy and there's quite clear power dynamics, culture is obviously very important and you have to read that out if that's what's happening. If you've been running this culture wrongly for so long, which it clearly has been, where you've got these power dynamics and this hierarchy, you need to be extra careful and put extra things in place, I think. Yeah, that's quite right. I think we've got some podcasts coming up soon in which we're going to be talking about abuse and the cultural setting. So we may return to this. But anyway, thanks to Lena for bringing this to our attention. And I hope it was of interest to our listeners. And as I said, we'll be returning to 
culture and its relationship with sexual abuse in a forthcoming podcast or two. So thank you, listeners, as always. Thank you very much. And um, hope you tune in to our next podcast. Thank you for listening to this episode of HJ Talks About Abuse. You can subscribe to our podcast on iTunes, Spotify, or your favorite podcast player. If you'd like to speak to us about something you've heard today, we'd love to hear from you. Email us at aboutabuse at hjtalks.co.uk.